Good morning, family. Today is Ascension Sunday. Now, the church celebrated the Ascension this past Thursday, but we often celebrate it on the following Sunday, and that's today. Now, next Sunday is the day we call Pentecost. I'll refer to Pentecost a time or two today because Ascension and Pentecost go together. But in case you don't know, Pentecost is the day that God sent his Holy Spirit to his church. The Holy Spirit is the power and presence of God that he graciously gives so that we can be holy, so that we can live lives of love, and so that we can obey God's commandments, or mitzvahs, as we learned last week. Now, that's all well and good, but Pentecost is next Sunday. Today is Ascension Sunday. What is Ascension Sunday? Ascension is the commemoration, the celebration, that after his death and resurrection, Jesus returned to the heavenly realm to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Ascension is really the celebration of Jesus' coronation as king over all. At the Ascension, he took his throne. He assumed his rightful place as ruler over everyone and everything. But before Jesus left earth, he promised to come again. So there is this going and coming, a give and take feel to the story we will read today. This morning, I'd like us to consider the version of the Ascension that we find in Luke chapter 24. However, Luke gives us two versions of the story. While they are similar, they are also different. The second version is found in Acts chapter 1, and I will refer to that story a time or two in a few minutes. So let's read Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. This is the end of Luke's gospel, and it is the word of the Lord. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law from Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, This is what is written, The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and the change of heart and life for the forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Look, I am sending to you what my Father promised. But you are to stay in the city until you have been furnished with heavenly power. He led them out as far as Bethany, where he lifted his hands and blessed them. As he blessed them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem, overwhelmed with joy. And they were continuously in the temple, praising God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I was a kid, our family moved around. A lot. It was always difficult saying goodbye. Even though we knew that we would make new friends in the new town, it was still hard to leave old friends behind. It still is. Two weeks ago, we got to see our daughter who was in college in the Boston area. When we dropped her off at her dorm, it was difficult leaving her, even though we knew that we would see her again in two weeks. This past week, we said goodbye to a member of our faith family. That, too, was incredibly difficult. So there are births and there are deaths, beginnings and endings in life, 
People come and people go. That's how life works. You make a friend and then either you move or they move. But as wonderful as it is to say hello, it's always difficult to say goodbye. The New Testament itself tells the story of God's comings and goings. The Gospel of Luke begins with Jesus' coming into the world and it ends with Jesus saying goodbye to his disciples as he leaves. So here we are at Ascension Sunday. We're some 40 days removed from Easter Sunday, watching as Jesus gathers his disciples together on a hillside on the outskirts of Jerusalem. It's time for him to go and to take his throne in the heavenly realm. But first, he must say goodbye to his followers. But even as he says goodbye, he promises that another will come. Now this other, the Holy Spirit of God, who will come before too long, will empower them so that they can carry out their commission to testify to the ministry and words of Jesus. As we take our place on the hillside with the disciples, listening to the voice of Jesus, we're invited to ponder the comings and goings of God and to consider what that means for us. Jesus could have been nostalgic as he gave his farewell address. He could have focused on the past and recounted all of his marvelous miracles. He could have reminded them all of how he walked on the water or raised the dead. But no, instead he focused on the future. He gave them a mission and promised them assistance and power and comfort in the form of his Holy Spirit. So Ascension Sunday serves as a link between the glories of Easter and the joys of Pentecost. It's a moment of mixed feelings. You have to say goodbye, but you know that something wonderful is about to happen. In some ways, Ascension Sunday is about letting go. It's a transitional moment where the past gives way to the future and where faith becomes essential. Now, in the days before this farewell event, Jesus gave his disciples their final instructions. But even after they witnessed and interacted with the fully resurrected Jesus, they still did not understand the full implications of their mission. In Acts chapter 1, we find Luke's other version of this ascension story. And in Acts 1, we discover that the disciples of Jesus still think in political and nationalistic terms. They ask Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this the time when you'll kick Rome out and make Israel great again? And once again, Jesus gently reminded them that his mission, and therefore our mission, is much broader than kicking Romans out of Palestine. Their confusion is understandable, because we all know that it's hard to let go of old dreams. We see it today, don't we? Christians clinging to the hope that Christendom will be restored. We still hear the voices of people clamoring to have the government impose or reimpose Christianity upon nations and upon peoples. But that's not the way of Jesus. Imposing rules and forcing people to conform was never Jesus' style. As followers of Jesus, as his disciples, we have received a commission from Jesus to be witnesses, to carry God's good news. And what is that good news? It's the news that God is love, that Jesus sits enthroned over all creation, and that he is at work in the world right now, redeeming and restoring that which was marred and broken. 
and we get to participate in this redemption and restorative work of God, starting where we live and then stretching out around the whole world. Thankfully, it's not work that requires government intervention or support. Even though it's appropriate to call upon governments to do the right thing, neither the state nor our culture determines our message. Instead of going forth with a government's stamp of approval, we go forth with the promise that the Spirit of God will come and bring the power and understanding we need so that we can do the loving, redeeming, restorative work that God gives to us. But first, Jesus must say his goodbyes so that the Spirit can say hello. That's why Jesus told them, You are witnesses. Look, I'm sending to you what my Father promised. Jesus commissioned his disciples, and he commissions us to be his witnesses, beginning in Jerusalem and then to Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Our job is to compassionately carry his message of healing, justice, mercy, and reconciliation, to be his hands and feet in this world. The story of the venturing out with the Holy Spirit fills the rest of the pages of the New Testament. This story takes us all the way to Rome, where Paul bears witness to the message of Jesus in what was then the center of the early Christian world. As time wore on, the church has discovered that the whole world is a lot larger than the borders of the Roman Empire. And so the job is not finished. Today, you and I live on the far side of Pentecost. We've already heard the commission and experienced the presence of the Spirit. But the message of Ascension Sunday is a good reminder that we always live in an age of transition. We continually face the temptation to rest in the past, but the future beckons us forward. It's easy to long for the days when Jesus walked in our midst, teaching us the things of God, shepherding us so that we don't get lost. But as tempting as this might be, that is not where our future lies. The future lies with Pentecost and with the empowering presence of the Spirit who will lead us and guide us and support us as we participate in the mission that God gave to us, to love and to serve, to help and to heal, to worship God and to invite others to join his family. Pentecost is still a week away. But there are things for us to do in the meantime. Ascension is a day to say goodbye to that which may be dear to us, but also to those things that hold us back. And perhaps the pandemic is here to help us with that. In our gospel passage today, we were told that the disciples celebrated and worshipped before returning to Jerusalem full of joy. But over in the book of Acts, in the other version of the Ascension story, Luke tells us that the disciples watched awestruck as Jesus disappeared into the clouds. They just stared into the sky, not knowing what to do next. Jesus told them to wait for the Spirit, but like us, they got caught up in the moment. Which reminds me of a story I read the other day about a man who was driving through a city when he became stuck in a massive traffic jam. After sitting in traffic for a while, he realized that the congestion was not caused by anything or anyone on the road, but by a man who was climbing up the outside of a skyscraper. All the drivers had stopped to watch the climber. Their eyes were not on the road. They were on the sky. 
Fortunately, no one was injured. But sometimes we Christians are like those drivers, aren't we? We try with all our might to keep our eyes on Jesus, but we don't notice the people around us. And sometimes people get hurt as a result. At the ascension, angels showed up to remind the disciples of the danger of being so spiritually minded that they were no earthly good. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? The angels said. This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Those angels serve as a reminder to us, too, that we should keep focused on our calling, our mission. Jesus may not be with us physically, but the Spirit has come upon us. We'll get to that next week so that we can move ahead into the future. The Spirit enables us to extend the kingdom of God, knowing someday Jesus will come back. But we can't get caught up in waiting for that day and forget that we have a mission, a job to do. When we look at our world, we discover that there are people who desperately need to hear the good news, that God is loving, merciful, and gracious. And Jesus asks us to join him in loving them, to be his hands and feet in the world today. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, there are times, Lord, when you seem far from us and the path we're walking only takes us further from where we ought to be. Forgive our wandering spirit, Lord. Open up our minds to the reality of resurrection, ascension, and the truth of who you are. When we distance ourselves from your presence, in your mercy, remind us that you are closer than we can ever imagine, never further away from us than a heart reaching out or a whispered prayer. Give us the strength, the wisdom, and patience that we need to be your hands and feet in our world. As the pandemic continues, we pray for those afflicted and affected by COVID-19. Help us to bring your love and your healing to those who desperately need it. Help us to comfort and care for those who are the last, the least, the lost, and the left out. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me today. Now your job this week is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Because everyone needs love. And everyone needs to know that God loves them, no matter what. Please don't let these trying days rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction today. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.